What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, aka the Power Rankings Show. Are you jamming, dude? Are oh, you like, of course. Yeah. Uh, welcome, everyone. That voice, of course, is the recognizable dulcet tones of that. Marcus underscore Mosher, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. If you're watching this on Brinkster on YouTube, I'm glad that we had our window shifted and I'm on now the left-hand side. You're on the right-hand side. Just a little change, a little change in scenery here. So I take the number one spot, Top Gun. Yeah. So we'll put... <laughs> Am I Wolfman? What yeah, was... Probably. Hey, what was Ice's uh, nav called? Who was Ice's goose? Was it Wolfman? I'm looking it up uh, right now. Uh, slider. Like, slider. Yeah. Slider was the... <laughs> uh yeah i think slider was the dude that i talked about before that was in terminator he was uh yep. sarah connor's roommate's boyfriend don't make me bust you up man all right uh yeah good start to our podcast i'm elliot harrison obviously uh if you are in texas we know i know a lot of our listeners are in texas i hope you are staying off the roads uh it is the word is treacherous and it is applicable out there even walking right now um it doesn't look dangerous but it is falling the the um it's it's icy so if you can stay home please stay home and listen to our podcast there's an idea well obviously you are listening to our podcast yeah. if you hear me right now so that's kind of redundant uh a lot of big news in the nfl today which i didn't know i was working on a project and also i was charging all my stuff up worried that the power was going to go out and marcus called me and said Big news day today, and holy cow, holy cow. Um, wow. So where do you want to start? Oh, man, so many big things. Is it Tom Brady? Is it D'Amico Ryans? Is it just Sean Payton? Is it Michael Gallup getting another knee surgery? Where, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't that. matter to me. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Tom Brady, the headliner uh, today, and... I got to tell you, my reaction was one of surprise because there's been massive speculation, uh, one from you, that he was going to the Raiders. Uh, the, the consensus, I would say, the last five days or so has been that Tom Brady would end up on the 49ers, that it made too much sense, especially with Brock Purdy going to be out for what could be a calendar year. We'll have to see on that. Obviously, Brock Purdy uh, is going to have Tommy John surgery. Uh, he is a really young man, though. Brock Purdy just turned 23. Typically, your recovery of those kinds of injuries is much quicker, which, by the way, is another news item since we did our yeah. last podcast. Yep. Um, and a big news item. Uh, but in re reference to Tom Brady, Marcus, does it feel, Marcus, comma, does it feel, what a, what a, like a tee up. Yep. Does it feel like to you that this is a little bit of an anticlimactic given the all the, you know, kind of uh, applause for his career last offseason when we thought he was retiring and then he kind of had the year that he had that this doesn't quite feel the same? Yeah, it feels to me like Brady ran out of good options and he was looking around at some of the other teams, looking at his current team, Tampa Bay, and it's like, you know what? Probably the best option right now is to retire because let's go through them really quickly. You look at Tampa Bay situation. That roster's old. There's $60 million over the cap. They're it's not, not happening. It's not happening, right? No. The other option was to potentially go play in Miami, which was the plan was it last year, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the Dolphins recommitted to Tua, and it, Tua actually got cleared from the concussion protocol today. So I think that's off the table. 
there was a report that he wanted to play with Sean Payton, who just got hired by the Broncos, which we'll talk about right. that in a second. They obviously have their quarterback. So the options are like, do I go play for the Raiders and be the third or fourth best quarterback in that division and playing against Patrick Mahomes? Or do I just retire and kind of go out the way, you know, go out now while I'm healthy. Um, I just made the playoffs. Why not? You know, one of the tricky things, if we just kind of isolate the the 49ers for a moment, um, you know, I think what a lot of fans were thinking and a lot of people were thinking, Marcus, is that, uh, look, this is a weak conference right now, not just division, but who are the stellar quarterbacks in the NFC? Um, you know, you've got less than five, um, you know, right now you look across the landscape and who are you really putting your finger on hurts cousins, Prescott, uh, maybe Rogers. We don't even know that, that Rogers, what he's going to be. And Stafford's career is, I don't want to say up in the air. He says he's coming back, but the problem is an athlete knows when he can't do some of the things that he used to do anymore. And the other part of this is, do you want to go play when you aren't yourself for your childhood team? Do you want to go and possibly stink up the joint for the team you loved your whole life as a kid that made you want to play football in the first place? Because Tom Brady was it. There's photos of Tom Brady with Joe Montana jersey on. Um, people think those things don't matter. They do. They do. Athletes have a lot of pride. Uh, I speculated to you last year, and I want your thought on this. When they played the Rams in the playoff game, I was already questioning Tom Brady's arm strength. I saw flashes this year, like the game was at Carolina late in the year where he hit Mike Evans for a couple mm -hmm. of deep balls, and it looked pretty good. But if you can't throw it outside the numbers with velocity – even though so much of the game is played over the middle of the field now, you, you still have to be able to make that throw. Do you think that factors in here at all? Maybe partly, but I, I do want people to remember, like one of his last throws for Tampa Bay was in the Cowboy playoff game. He threw a just a beautiful pass down the sideline to Mike Evans, who kind of dropped it, right? Yeah. Which yes. would have been an awesome touchdown. So, I mean, I think I think it's clear his arm isn't the same as it was three, four, five years ago but it's certainly good enough to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Did a part of you secretly kind of want to see that ball completed to Mike Evans for a touchdown or uh, no? Not at all. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering. I was um, nervous as it was. It was the score was what? 31, nine or whatever. And I was still yeah. worried about it. Yeah. Um, just a, just a couple other things here on, on this, kind of retirement angle. Was it Troy Aikman in that game that was talking about trying to get rid of the ball? too quickly to not yep. get hit. Yeah. He basically um, said you can't play scared. Yeah. It's really easy for people to assume that, oh, well, Troy's just, you know, jealous that, you know, Brady's better or has more Super Bowl rings or whatever. You know, I, I think every quarterback would acknowledge that Tom Brady's the greatest ever, but they all know when that wall hits. The wall doesn't always, you're smirking, so I know you got something to unleash on me. But Go ahead. I'm listening. Marcus, I, I guess what I'm saying is the wall doesn't necessarily have to hit by a lack of arm strength. Yeah. Or, for example, if you're a receiver, a lack of speed, sometimes it's want to. How much do you want to get hit anymore? And it, 
it's great to have a quick release, but if you're getting rid of the ball so fast that you're not able to run certain plays in your offense or let routes develop, like the slower crossing routes, um, that can be evidence of hitting the wall mentally, no? So I think we've seen over the last four or five, six years that Brady just wasn't going to take any unnecessary hits in the regular season. But when it came to the playoffs, like I think about the the, the Bronco AFC Championship game, was that 2015? Yes. And he got clobbered in that game. He was standing yes. in the pocket taking hits. And even up till a couple of years ago, he was still in the playoffs standing tall in the pocket. When you don't want to even take a hit in a playoff game, you know things are kind of declining fast. And that's what it looked like in the Cowboy game, that he was just terrified of any kind of contact. You know, since we're talking about his career here, you know, when, when people think of the Brady connection with a receiver, it's hard because he's played with so many different guys. But I think the first guy that comes to mind is Brady to Moss in 2007 because they had that crazy year where Brady threw 50 touchdowns, Moss had 23 the last of which looked like a walk in the park, 50 yard mm -hmm. touchdown. You remember that play? Literally, it, it looked like yep. Randy Moss was jogging. It was a, it was against the Giants on like a Sunday night. Mm -hmm. And uh, ironically, they would play in the Super Bowl like a month later. But I think of the 2015 AFC Championship. I think of a loss. The connection between, I looked up that game last night for something I was working on and Gronk caught eight balls for 144 yards the, in that game. The fourth and 10 throw that Brady uh, had to Gronk when they're down by eight with less than two minutes left, I still think is the best throw that I've ever seen from, from Brady. I actually tweeted it out this morning. You should go check it out. But let's just, man, to be able to make that throw in a double coverage with your season on the line, unbelievable it, it really is it really is and and um you know brady de gronk in um super bowl 53 the seam route against the rams that oh, it yeah. wasn't a touchdown but it put him in position it got him down i want to say like inside the five uh it was a great pitch and catch and um as good as mahomes to kelsey is uh, it's it mahomes to kelsey's been more prolific at least from a receptions and yards standpoint not a touchdown standpoint um, it's not better to me than Brady to Gronk. It's, it's equal, but not better. Um, because if it's third and five and it's a championship game, I want Brady to Gronk just as much as I want Montana to rice or, uh, or yeah. Mahomes to Kelsey. We should also throw like Peyton to Marvin Harrison and oh, yeah. Cal Orton, oh, Brandon yeah. Lloyd. I mean, all those elite, <laughs> elite combos. Hey man, for about 12 games in, in the 2000, <laughs> was that? Oh, nine. I think so. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. I have one last Brady thought before we move on. By the way, you guys, y'all, y'all, all of y'all, y'all could get Marcus and I on a one-minute tangent on Brandon Lloyd's ridiculous catches. At the snap of a finger, we'll lose our train of thought. So go uh, ahead. First of all, we don't really need to say anything more about Brady's career. It's it's the greatest ever. Nobody's ever going to be able to replicate it. Uh, as somebody who has not had a lot of personal success when it comes to football in my career, having the Cowboys be the last team to beat Tom Brady is pretty cool. That's all. Hang the banner, Jerry Jones. Yeah. <laughs> well, he they acted like it in the uh, owner suite. Um, you know what I thought was funny is when Jalen Ramsey tweeted last year after Brady retired that, oh, man, his last touchdown was on me with kind of the laughing emoji. Yeah. Because nope. remember he he beat Ramsey on that deep ball to um, 
Gosh, who was that too? Was that to Evans also? It was Evans. It was an awesome throw. Yeah. 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 Um, to, to try and get back in that game. Um, what's the one thing before we get off Brady, if you had to pick one stat, one moment, uh, one kind of pelt on the wall, um, what's the one that sticks out to you for Tom Uh, Brady? 12 and four in his career against the Steelers. (laughs) Oh, well played. played. I mean, that's honestly, I'm kind of joking, but I loved how pumped up Brady got to play a couple teams. The Steelers and Jets were the two of them, right? He just got so fired up. And it seemed like on those days, you always knew you're getting the best version of Brady. So I always like to see a a Brady that was super uh, amped up. For me, I think it's the number of conference championship games. Um, So from 2011 to 2018, they made the AFC championship every single year. Um, Brady and his career, let's say they're the three Super Bowls, plus he made it in 06. That's when the Colts had that crazy comeback in the second half. Uh, 07, they made the Super Bowl. So that's Mm -hmm. five right there. Okay. Then you've got the eight in a row. That's 13. And then you've got the Tampa. So you're talking about 14 conference championship game appearances. Just to give you an idea, uh, first of all, that's longer than most great NFL players' entire careers. Yeah. I I, I got one thing I want to ask you really quick uh, before, yeah. Brady, before we move on. Do you think if you separated his career into three parts, his 20s, his 30s, and 40s, he's a Hall of Famer in all three of those? Because we obviously the 20s, right? Because he wins three Super Bowls. The 30s, because that's when he starts the 2007 start all the way to 2016. He's got the MVP. He's got, you know, the the Super Bowl in there. 2017 to 2022 is his 40s. 2017, uh, they lose in the the Super Bowl to the Philly, right? He throws for 500 yards. Yep. They win the Super Bowl, was it 2018 with Atlanta? Mm -hmm. And then 2020, they win the Super Bowl with Tampa. In just his 40s, okay, he threw 193 touchdowns for 27,000 yards. Yeah. How many interceptions? Fifth or 60. Yeah. So over a three to one ratio. Let's also not forget 2019 playoff appearance, uh, mm-hmm. 2021 playoff appearance, 2022 um, playoffs. Yeah. 2022 playoffs. So that was a, a bad team. So he didn't miss the playoffs in his forties. Um, it's pretty remarkable. One, the, the thing I was going to say about the 14 years is I'm pretty sure Tom Landry coached the Cowboys to 14 championship games in his entire coaching career which is one of the legendary careers yep. of all time. And Tom Brady did that as a quarterback. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. So that always sticks out to me. Um, but either way, great career. Uh, we're not going to spend the whole podcast on Tom Brady. Uh, we'll probably talk about him a little bit more as things come up, which also is an appropriate time for me to tease our uh, uh, podcast later this week that Marcus doesn't think we're going to do. Just kidding. <laughs> I saw the look. Marcus is like, like, wait, what? What podcast? But our next podcast that we're going to do, we need to talk Hall of Fame because uh, we've got the uh, Hall of Fame coming up. So I want you to kind of give me your predictions for that. And obviously, Tom Brady's going to have his five-year waiting period, which means that he will be a shoe-in for the class of 2028. Uh, You'll you'll have Tom Brady in there with some other guys, but maybe Aaron Aaron Donald will retire. And it'll be Watt, Donald, 
and Brady. can I give you? Can I guarantee yeah. you what's going to happen? Not happening now. There's no yeah. way Aaron Rodgers is retiring now. He does not want to be show or you know upstaged by oh, Tom yeah. Brady at the Hall of Fame. So I listen. I'm just I'm going to report it now. Rodgers is not retiring. Everybody, he's coming back. Yeah. So I have a question on Brady in the Hall of Fame for the end of our podcast. Yeah. I want to get to the other two big news items. Let's start with the Broncos because really they're involved with both of these guys. So they had a deal you were telling me in place with D'Amico Ryans, but um, at least they thought some, so. At least, yeah, they, at least thought they thought so. so. I had some uh, thoughts on that, but it ends up that Sean Payton takes the job. So let's let's uh, start with D'Amico Ryans. So if he left them at the altar. Uh, he takes the Texans job. He gets a six-year deal, which is a heck of a long deal. What do you think of that? Do you think that Ryan's made the right decision? Because I think a lot of people would say, you know, wait a minute. You've got a great defense in place. You're a defensive-minded coach. You've got a veteran quarterback. Why the heck are you taking Houston, who doesn't even have the top overall pick and doesn't have a quarterback? First of all, I think D'Amico Ryan's learned from Kyle Shanahan, who took a six-year deal with the 49ers that, hey, take long deals so that way you can have time to do the rebuild, right? You don't want to rush things. And the 49ers, for the most part, did a pretty good job those first couple of years. They weren't great, but eventually they built this team up to be a perennial powerhouse. D'Amico taking a six-year deal at Houston, especially after how the last three coaches have went in Houston, right? Mm-hmm. With Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, David Culley, and then this year with Lovey Smith, get some job security there. But I think it's a perfect fit. You know that I generally don't love hiring defensive-minded head coaches. But I think in this case, this one makes a ton of sense. I think you bring in a former player who everybody loves, who is so well-respected around the league. I think this is a home run signing for Houston. Right. Former player for that franchise. Franchise, yeah. A, a, yep. Yeah, not just a former player. Um Going to the other side of this, um, him spurning the spur is it spurning the Broncos? Sure, Uh, yeah. Um, Do you think any of that? Because in my mind, do I want to take that job? Do I want to take a job where I've heard all this about Russell Wilson and he's kind of above the team? And maybe, maybe I found out through talking to players that a lot of that was overblown, which would be great. But let's pretend for a moment that it wasn't. Is that a job you necessarily want to take if you're a D'Amico Ryan? Uh, you're a defensive-minded guy. You really want to have the quarterback's office down the hall from you. I thought you were going to uh, ask me, me like personally, or me like as D'Amico Ryan's. Because if you're asking me personally, sure, eighty-five million to go live in Denver for a few years, great, sign me up. If you're D'Amico, though, I get why it doesn't make sense. You have they have a lot of the defensive pieces that you could turn that unit into a juggernaut right away, but you're stuck at quarterback, right? And you don't have a choice. Like you are, Russell Wilson is going to be your quarterback for the next several years. I think D'Amico is going to love having the choice of, okay, do we want to trade for a veteran? Do we want to sign a veteran? Do we want to just draft somebody that we love? You could see why that Houston job was so much more appealing. Plus, not only do they have the number two pick in this draft, they've got the number 12 pick. They've got Cleveland's first round pick next year as well. And they got all this cap space. So it's it's really an ideal situation. I I think there's one other thing. You know, I always like to talk about that these guys are not just, you know, names on a page or names on the internet. Uh, that these are people that have the exact same feelings and ego as everybody else out there. And if I'm D'Amico Ryans, you look at the Broncos, 
Are you really going to have any kind of legacy there? Heck no. I mean, no. let's say you win a Super Bowl. Gary Kubiak won a Super Bowl, right? Mike Shanahan won too. Gary and- Kubiak won a Super Bowl. It's not even the most famous coach in that staff, right? I think people yeah. give Wade Phillips more credit than Gary Kubiak. Yeah. And then you have Wade Phillips was actually a head coach for the Broncos in 93 and 94. Um, you know, you you have a quarterback, former quarterback there, that's really the the face of that franchise. Um, you know, this isn't a deal like John Lynch, where John Lynch played for Tampa and people think of him as a buck. And he just I think people just kind of think of John Lynch as like, yeah, he's GM for the 49ers for now. But they'll always think of John Lynch as part of those right. Bucks teams. When you think Broncos, you think John Elway, uh, for better or for worse. And so or you go to Lloyd. Houston yeah, or Brandon Lloyd. <laughs> so <laughs> so who 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 are you thinking of when you think of Houston? Andre Johnson? I mean JJ Watt's probably JJ, the first JJ Watt? Right. But, yeah, I, I mean but D'Amico's not Johnson. But D'Amico's not far down, right? And if he has success like I'm not even saying like a Super Bowl success, but let's say he gets his team back to being competent. They win a couple AFC South titles over the next couple of years, and they're always around nine to 10 wins. He's going to be thought of as one of the most important people in franchises, the franchise history, even though it's hasn't been around that long. So I think this, it, it's just perfect for both sides. I absolutely love this hiring. Do you, uh, do you think it's bad that I think of Andre Johnson first when I think of the Texans? No. Why should be think, should it be J, should it be JJ Watt that I think of first? I guess it should. Uh, I like them both. Andre Johnson Andre, should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, great player, really great player. Um, going to who the Broncos did hire. This is our third major piece of news. Sean Payton, um, obviously, what you're referring to. Um, I thought this was unusual. I understood D'Amico Ryan's going to Houston. I. I don't know about Sean Payton going to the Broncos. I, and I don't know. I know money is a big deal, but Sean Payton's got plenty of it. And I guarantee you Fox would have paid him pretty nice money to hang out and and do TV work with them. Does Sean Payton fit with Russell Wilson? Not in my mind. No. I mean, I, I know the easy thing to say as well. He had Drew Brees, who was a shorter quarterback, and look how much success they had. First of all, you're talking about totally different styles of quarterbacks and you're playing in a dome rather than playing outdoors in what looks like to be the hardest comp or hardest division in football. I don't know, man. I don't know. The first thing I would do with Russell Wilson, let's just throw out all the ancillary crap about the office and the parking spaces and the, you know, I, uh, you know, whatever he got. Uh, you know, orange hostess cupcakes instead of chocolate ones were made, you know. That'd be a red uh, flag right there. Yeah. Oh, I disagree wholeheartedly. You don't like the orange hostess cupcakes? Compared to chocolate? Are yeah. you crazy? No. That's a red flag. That's not a red flag. You're false <laughs> as usual. Um, I think I would tell Russell Wilson to lose weight. And not, I'm not saying he's fat. It's not. It's not what this is about. But he's a stocky guy. And as you get older as an NFL player, number one, it doesn't age your quickness. Uh, Number two, he's stockier than he used to be uh, when he was running around. And number three, lifting weights, if that's really why Russell is as big as he is, in other words, if it's not eating, if it's because he's heavy lifting, 
look at the Tom Brady method because I think that that works. And I'm not even talking from a football sense. The older you get, the less you want to be bulked up and the more you want more like sinewy, uh, kind of elongated muscles for flexibility. Uh, it helps you against injury. I'm not going to get super deep dive into, you know, Tybo here. Uh, I don't know why I just said Tybo. Did you do Tybo, Billy Blanks, like DVDs? Did Taekwondo. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> not really. I didn't do that either. <laughs> in, in Amish country, you guys were doing the uh, nah, Taekwondo we did. classes. Uh, what, uh, what's the the 80s guy? Uh, Richard Simmons? Yeah, Richard Simmons. You did Richard Simmons? My grandma did. We just had the VHS tapes downstairs. Richard Simmons, great guy. Um, but... You understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Like there's you no want to be need. limber, right? Like you, you want to be you, limber. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Dak. Dak has lost size. I even think Drew Brees kind of trimmed up uh, oh, yeah. late in his career. Um, Partly you know, because I, Brady's talked about this too. Like when you get hit and you get sacked, you basically want to turn like loose, right? You want, you want to yeah. be flexible and turn Gumby. basically like into a noodle, right? Yes. Because where you get hurt is if you try to tense up and, you know, uh, absorb the contact, that's when you pull stuff and you get injured. Yes. Um, I just, I, that, I, I think that's the first place that I would go. And, and I, I look, I'm not a quarterback coach. I'm merely saying that to me, eyeball test. Did Russell Wilson look quick to you last year? No. Get out of the pocket. No. no, no. Does he look big to you? Yes. Yes. Those just doing that alone might make him a little bit quicker, a little bit more elusive. And also protect him from injury uh, and help out his arm. So yep. that's my thought. I agree. I, I, Sean Payton's got to figure out the Russell Wilson thing. Like that's the reason he's hired is to get Russell to play like an elite quarterback. I don't know if that's possible anymore. I do think he'll get him to play better next year. But man, I just obviously Payton's still a good coach. I just think giving up draft assets, giving up a first round pick and more. To go get Sean Payton seems not smart to me. Who do you hire as DC? Some talk that Vic Fangio might come back. I would love that. I'll give you a wild one just for fun. Just for fun. This is really half serious, but get Wade out of retirement. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I think Wade's doing some uh, USFL stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Doggone it. I was going to say, run it back. Run it back. You know, Wade was once interim head coach for the New Orleans Saints. There's a fun yeah. fact for you. Um, that was Break Rob Ryan back. Ago. I'm going to go ahead and go with Vic Fangio on that one. Um, yeah, that's a better call. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know who else would be out there. I know Dean Pease is dealing with uh, health stuff. He just uh, retired from the Atlanta Falcons. If they um, want to wait like a year, they could have Dana Sound. I knew there was going to be some snarky, <laughs> snarky, snarky remark out there right. about that. I was just trying to think of maybe a name that we haven't heard in a while. You know, obviously Jim Schwartz recently got a job, um, but yeah, I, I love Flores? the idea. There's an interesting call. There's an interesting call. Um, but hey, Vic Fangio coming back would be a lot of fun, given the way that played out. And that defense played their butts off for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would love that. Um Maybe Sean Payton really uh, accrues a really, um, uh, how would I say really one more time, veteran, veteran staff. And, and yes. That's the appeal, right? He, he's got so many connections in the league. He probably is going to be able to build a better staff right away than D'Amico Ryans. That's exactly what 
uh, Dick Vermeil did when he came back into coaching with the Rams in 1997, they had a, a super veteran staff starting, I think with Jim Hannafin at offensive line coach. And Mike March was not one of those guys. He was more of a younger offensive coordinator, but um, yeah, it worked out uh, pretty well for them. They won a super bowl. Okay. So we've got our Sean Payton. We got our D'Amico Ryan's. I'm, I'm just from your attitude. I'm going to assume you like the D'Amico Ryan's hire in Houston better than the Sean Peyton higher and with the Broncos. Am I right? Or all day. no? Yes. All day. Yeah. I'm not even sure it's all that close. Yeah. Then again, Sean Payton, uh, he's got the skins on the wall himself. So uh, he certainly, you know, you have to trust that he's going to know what he's doing there. I, I guess I was just a little more surprised on that, yep. but I want to circle back to Tom Brady here for a second, because we know Tom Brady's going to go to the hall of fame. He's going to walk right in. I'm curious because I got asked this the other night by an uh, Eagles fan who yelled at me for not saying that the Eagles absolutely were dominant on Sunday. I, I, I just wanted someone to consider that the other team literally didn't have a guy that could throw a ball. Um, he asked me who right now in the NFL is a certifiable Hall of Famer that's active. Certifiable. Like no questions like asked. What's that? I like this. Let's do it. So just kind of off the top. Thinking, obviously, Tom Brady, one. Uh, I would say Rodgers, two. Mm -hmm. Donald, three. Mm -hmm. Watt, four. Yep. What are you thinking so far? I think those are all locks. No, I think I think all those guys are um, first ballot Hall of Famers, but they are, mm -hmm. without a doubt, all Hall of Famers. I would add in Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Travis Kelsey. Yes. Uh, Trent Williams. Yes. Zach Martin. Yes. And then it gets tough. Um, Jason Peters. Yes. Tyron Smith. I think so, but I would rank him third among the tackles that you just named. I agree. Um, I've got a, there's a couple that I think J you can. Jason Kelsey. I was just about to say Jason Kelsey. Um, then Von you start Miller. to get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Von Miller. That's the one the other night when I was talking to him. I, that's the guy I forgot. Von Miller is going to break dance in the Hall of Fame, bro. But that's a first ballot. He would be above the guys you just named. Yep, like, of course, I'd, I'd put him over everyone you just named, except for maybe Trent Williams. I don't know that I would put him over Trent Williams. Um, but you're, you're splitting hairs there. And then then you start to get into a little bit tougher territory. Uh, so I'm going to throw out a couple of names to you. Cool. And just tell me if you, you know, you're leaning that way. Patrick Peterson had a renaissance this year. No. No. Okay. Jalen Ramsey. Mm. I think it depends how the next three years go, but I would lean no. Julio Jones. Yes, but it's going to take a while. This is a really tough one. Okay. Uh, Derek Henry. No. I just want to add a caveat to that. If Derrick Henry didn't get hurt last year, he was going to run for about 2,000 yards Heck again. Yeah, he was. Yep. If he ran for 2,000 yards and never gained a yard in the NFL again, I'd have voted for him for the Hall of Fame. I agree. I got a couple more for you. Yeah, keep going. Justin Tucker. Yes. Matthew Without Slater. Question. I don't think you can. I mean, if you're not going to put Steve Tasker in, how do you put Matthew Slater in? Um, Steve Tasker was my generation was 
I mean, shoot, dude, he made so many big plays. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I think that's his, I think that's a much more borderline guy. Um, a few other borderline guys in in my mind, Fletcher Cox. Really good career. Is it enough? I'd say no. Um, you know, the running back position is the one that there's not going to really be any guys, I think, that are active. I, you know, I, I thought of Derrick Henry. Uh, Adrian Peterson obviously is retired. Adrian Peterson is definitely going to the Hall of Fame. But the running back position, it's kind of skimpy. And wide receiver is going to be a tough gig, too. I mean, how do you feel about Devontae Adams? He would need to have probably three more seasons like he had this year for me to seriously consider it. You may not believe this, but I'll tell you a guy that's going to get major consideration for the Hall of Fame because when it's all said and done, a lot of those voters look at numbers. How are you going to keep Mike Evans out of the Hall of Fame? Because I'm not sure Mike Evans was ever a top three receiver in any year that he played. Agreed. But do you know how many guys are in the Hall of Fame that I don't I know. know that Bob Greasy was ever a top three quarterback? I don't know, I know that Art Monk, Art Monk might have been a top three wide receiver for a year or two, but. When you have a guy that starts his first nine years of his career with over a thousand yards and no one's ever done that before, just the fact that he stayed healthy, right? Like Keenan Allen hasn't been able to stay on the field. You could argue Keenan Allen was maybe a better player than Mike Evans, uh, at least early, early on. Uh, I don't think that that's a wild argument. I've got one more for you. Okay. Justin Houston. I thought about him. And I just don't think it's going to be enough because I think there are too many guys that have around the same sack numbers he does. But I will tell you, Hall voters love sacks. They love sacks. That's why Jason Taylor got in on his first try, which I didn't really agree with. um, But there we are. Khalil Mack. No, I don't think the last couple of years have been good enough. There are a few guys that if they even keep this up for a couple of more years, it's going to be tough to keep them out. TJ Watt, Nick Bosa. Uh, When you are, you know, it's one thing to be mentioned in the top, you know, hey, was he a top three or four guy? It's another thing when you are a top guy. Yeah. So that's why I think league MVPs should always get um, a lot of uh, consideration. Sure. Obviously, I'm not going to go on Hall of Fame with Lamar Jackson. Um, but he, you know, it's too early, but, but he did win an MVP. Uh, I was just more curious. I think another difficult one is Matt Stafford. Uh, I don't think Matt Stafford's a hall of famer. I don't, I don't, I mean, if he has like another Super Bowl run in him and he's healthy for the next three years, I think it's a little different, but not, not as it is. Matt Ryan. No. The other position that doesn't really get mentioned enough is the safety position. Is there any safety in the league right now that you think is a Hall of Fame player? Not yet, but Micah Fitzpatrick is trending that way. Off the off the ball linebacker is really tough, but I think Bobby Wagner should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to be. I think he'll make the Hall of Fame eventually. If he if he makes like if he has another All Pro season next year. And then another Pro Bowl year after that. Why not? I I think Bobby Wagner is a Hall of Famer right now. I, mean, I, he's, I agree with you. But what, if he's you played eleven point, years, you get to a point where you have seven or eight All Pro nominations. You just you're too good to be left out. 
before we get off this topic, I want to ask you about one guy that's retired okay. and how you feel about it. Luke Keekley. No, I didn't play long enough. And if we're not, I think Patrick Willis was better than Luke Keekley. And if we're not going to consider Willis, then I don't think we can consider Keekley. I disagree with you. Okay. I think Luke Keekley is, I'm one of those guys. Look, I love you too. I'm glad that they've had over 30 years, geez, 40 years now of success. But I'm also a Guns N' Roses guy. And Guns N' Roses was only together for eight years, but the crescendo early in their career was insane. And I would argue Guns N' Roses crescendo was greater than U2's was. If a guy is the best player at his position for three or four years, hands down, I don't know that Willis was better than Keekley. I think they're pretty even. I, who would, and if, let's just say, let's just pretend you're right. Who's better than Willis? At linebacker? Yeah. I'd say Bobby Wagner. I would not. I can't I can't go okay. with you there. Um I well, think Keekley was I, I, at, I at would the top take, of the class. But I would take Wagner's career over Willis or Keekley's career. I just know what Keekley did. Like in 13, 14, and 15, he played out of his mind. Uh in 15, there's he was the best linebacker in football. You know, Willis retired in 14 after yeah. 14 when he got banged up. Um, you know, Navarro Bowman, by the way, uh, uh, phenomenal off the ball backer. Sean Lee could have been one of these guys. Yeah. Couldn't stay healthy. Um, I okay. blocked that 2015 season out of my memory for various <laughs> reasons. Know. You know, one thing I'd, I'd like it if you would, cause I've noticed you've been tweeting some uh, highlights. You, you actually sent out the best tweet of your entire career right before we recorded this podcast. And I'm really proud of you for that. The, uh, Roy green, everybody go mm. look at that tweet. Um, but, uh, I was so busy about to bust you that I don't even remember what I was going to say anymore. So, I, I was going to say, so you, you take six years of like Patrick Willis over a 30 year career, like Mercedes Lewis. First of all, Patrick Willis played eight years, if you must know. And when you and I went over the semifinalists, if you ask me who I think should be in the hall of fame, Patrick Willis should already be in the hall of fame. I don't care if he played eight years. What? This is the question I asked Marcus a few weeks ago, and then I, then we're gonna we will, we will get off the Hall of Fame topic. But I asked you if Julio Jones wasn't a Hall of Famer in say 2018, then why is he all of a sudden a Hall of Famer Good now? Question. Just because he's added some numbers? If I were to say to you, "Hey, Marcus, do you think that Julio Jones has been a Hall of Fame level player, or even an All Pro Pro, pro Bowl?" Has Julio Jones even been a Pro Bowl player from 2018 to 2022? I think there was one year in there that was good, so no. Okay. So if, if a guy you think had a borderline Hall of Fame career up until 2018, and then you don't even think he's been a Pro Bowler at all since then, does the fact that they've added stats to their resume, should that make them Hall of Famer? No. That's why should. I – and I'm okay with Julio Jones, by the way, because Julio Jones' crescendo was – phenomenal so this isn't this is more using julio jones's embodiment of this argument the point i'm making is if these guys are making it if frank gore makes it because he added all these numbers then why shouldn't the priest holmes yeah and the luke keekley's make it for being the best player at their De position derrick henry is a better running back than frank gore he's just never going to put up the stats that frank gore did right yeah and i would argue 
I, this may be unpopular. I think Priest Holmes is a better back than Derrick Henry. No, I don't think that's controversial. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, you're a big time fantasy guy. So I bet you when you were getting into fantasy, Priest Holmes probably went like number one in every draft. So when I played fantasy, that was back in the early 2000s. The rule was if you had the number one pick, you also didn't get a second round pick because Priest Holmes was that much more valuable that you had to give up your second round pick to draft them. Oh, gosh, that's not fair. I don't think I could do that. But, but uh, Go look at how much better Priest Holmes was than any other player for like a three-year stretch. Oh, I know. Dude, his 2002 year when he only played 14 games is yeah. unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, that said, those are my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that a little bit on our next podcast. Uh, on Monday night, we usually podcast, and uh, we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about the actual guys that are being considered that are going to be voted on the um, weekend of the Super Bowl. Uh, what is your final thought, sir? Started with Tom Brady. I need to end with Tom Brady really quickly because there's some media news that we need to talk about. If you remember correctly, Tom Brady signed a 10-year, $300 million contract with Fox uh, last year when he retired, right? And the deal was, as soon as he retires, he jumps into the number one spot for Fox. Mm-hmm which presents a really interesting question. There is a clause in his contract where he can jump in whenever he wants. Some rumblings that he would like to do the Super Bowl this year on the number one team instead of Griggles. What are your thoughts? I don't think he would do that. Um, I think that's just rumblings of people speculating because they heard about that, that in his contract or maybe even told somebody, you know, if I wanted to, I could do this. Tom Brady's really professional. Uh, he is all about preparation. I agree. He's got to know he's not good enough. And I think it's a mistake for Fox to replace Greg Olson, quite frankly. Um, I think this would could bad go very badly for them. Um, there's a difference between being a great player and being a great announcer. And how willing is Tom Brady going to be to call out other players and coaches? Maybe he will, but that's never been his public MO at all. I don't see Brady doing a Manning cast type deal. No, either. And, and I got to believe that this was a long year for Brady, that he's going to want to take the next two, three, yes. four months to kind of reset. So while well, I think if he wanted to, I'm sure that he could jump right in and do this next week. But I, I would be shocked if he's doing anything Fox related for the Super Bowl. I think Fox has a pretty good team with Burkhart and Olsen. Um, I would be loath if I were the, uh, them to, um, to dissolve that, but, but would you rather see Brady and Olsen's chair? Not this year. I think Olsen's been awesome. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. Uh, I'll tell you another guy that's really awesome in the broadcasting chair. You guys may not know him, but he wears sunless tanner for podcasts and a lot of three-quarter zips. That's Marcus mm. Mosher. He's the host of Locked on Cowboys. He does it with Landon McCool. Landon knows a heck of a lot about the Cowboys. Give Landon a follow on Twitter. Also, Marcus covers the Raiders for USA Today, where he will not be covering Tom Brady signing with them. He will be covering the Raiders crawling on their hands and knees back to Derek Carr, asking for forgiveness. Yes. Uh, Marcus also rides for PFF.com. Uh, he is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We really appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you Monday night. And... Uh, Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Sands football. Roll ball. <laughs>